This is Richard Cloutier Reports on 680 CJOB. This is Jack. Jack, I've just met him, but is an amazing dog. Jack, I don't think you could hurt a fly, could you? No, you're lying down. Well, the story is this. That's audio from the video that we've posted on our CJOB Facebook page. And uh, Jack is a, a very lovable dog. And this has to do with Jack's owner and their family. Gwen King lives in Garden City, and she's dying. She has stage 4 lung cancer. And rather than take up a hospital bed, she wants to spend her remaining days at home. She has a cat, and she has a dog, Jack. Big hairy retriever. King's family is scattered across Canada. We'll speak with one of the daughters in a moment. They're in and out of Winnipeg to help their mother. They've hired a private care service to stay with the woman. Those private health care providers have been wonderful. A neighbor right next door, Sandy Motherall, is there too. She's known Mrs. King for 30 years. Here's the issue. Government-run home care will fill in the gaps, especially overnight. The family does qualify for the help, but the government-run home care has this blanket policy. Jack... And the cat must be locked up in another room while the government workers are there. Now, the private provider is flexible. They found staff who don't have allergies, don't have a problem with animals. But the government home care, that's not the case. It doesn't matter who's paying you. You're being paid to do a job. So I don't understand why palliative care can't canvas their employees and find out who's willing to be in a home where there's a dog and who isn't. And then try and match up your clients with your staff. I went and saw Jack and visited the family for myself. And again, we've posted the video at our CJOB Facebook page. You can go to our homepage at cjob.com and look at the Cluche blog as well. And Sandy the neighbor, you know, to have neighbors like this, wow. She describes caseworkers who don't have a clue and the inflexibility of government. Again, Jack and the cat are no problem to the private care providers. And and even some of the government home care workers don't have a problem, but it's the policy. And when it comes to that policy, this is a woman who's dying of cancer who says, you know what, I think I'd probably rather have my dog stay with me than the home care worker. But the problem is you do need somebody to stay with her overnight. Again, neighbor Sandy. On the weekend when first no one showed up on the Saturday night and then Sunday night someone phoned up, showed up, but wouldn't come in the house when she saw the dog was there unless he was locked in a room for the entire eight hours she was here. It was like, you've got to be kidding me. That's not fair to anyone. But again, they had no clue that there were animals in the home. What did they tell you as far as their policy is concerned? What I've been told is that it is their policy that animals need to be shut away while their workers are in the home and why I see that that's feasible if somebody comes in to make you lunch and run a load of laundry it's not feasible for eight hours for a dog. Jack is probably the kindest nicest (laughs) dog I've ever met and that's the problem here they have a policy that just covers pets generally and uh, there doesn't seem to be any flexibility. No um 
it's like the the paid service. They talk to their employees. Are you willing to go if there's a dog? Do you have allergies? Are you afraid of them? And the workers there are given a, a choice. And they have no trouble getting people who are willing to come here. Um, but at Palliative Care, their policy is no animals out while their workers are in the home. Now, I'm hoping that the lady who's been coming here overnight is not going to be in any kind of trouble for the fact that she's still willing to come here. But I spoke to one of Miss King's daughters on the weekend, and the woman who showed up here, I believe it was on the Sunday night, looked at the dog, said, no, I'm not coming in, and she was inflexible on it. So again, she came, didn't know there was an animal in the house. When I talked to Miss King's case coordinator a couple of weeks ago, it wasn't in the file. Even though I'd spoken to someone the night before who was a supervisor when the woman wouldn't come in. It's a very harsh policy for people. You know, people want to stay in their homes if it's at all possible. And Jack provides part of that care though doesn't he he? absolutely does she just got him in the fall she went to the pound asked me to go with her the next day we went to the humane society she checked out all the dogs there then we went to the pound she didn't hardly stop and look at any other dog she went directly to his kennel and they're like this they are a match made in heaven sandy motherall the neighbor to gwen king Daughter Sherry joins us now on 680 CJOB. This this must be really tough on the kids. You're away. You're trying to get back in. Um, you're joining us. I guess home is is British Columbia. You're in Toronto today. How many mm-hmm. kids? How many how many children are there? How in the family? There, there's four of us, and we're all scattered. <laughs> and you've been you've been in though. All all four of you have been in, right? Yeah, in the past month, we've all taken turns flying in. Um, I was in nine days at the beginning of the month, and then my sister came for a few days, and then my other brother came, and my brother and his wife from Connecticut flew in for a few days last weekend as well. Um, So we've taken turns coming in when we can. We don't know when we're going to come in next because um, it's costly and it's challenging to fly in and leave your jobs and do this, but we're trying to get things organized to help her out. The private care um, has been phenomenal, hasn't it? Hasn't it? Yes, it really, really has been outstanding. They've, they've sent in wonderful workers. They've been on top of things. They've been flexible. Uh, they've been even aware of issues that they've contacted home care and palliative care about so that they could be on standby if palliative care fell through. And and what is it, is it the policy that what's happening here is that you're hitting the bureaucratic wall where they're telling you, we're sorry, we sympathize, but as far as our home care workers are concerned, if there's pets in the house, our workers need to be segregated from those pets, those pets need to be behind closed doors, need to be locked in a room? Yeah. We're told it's the Manitoba's government's policy and that it's been that policy of the government and home care, which palliative care is now under, for the past five years. So they say no matter what they think personally, they're bound by that policy. Um, And I've asked them if they could consider talking to the people the way the private agency did and asking who's afraid of dogs or who's, who's... allergic to dogs or cats and weeding them out that way 
And they said, we're not allowed to do that. So they cannot guarantee if the person coming to the door will stay or leave. And they said, it's up to that person. So you can't really plan anything or rely on anything if you don't know if anyone's going to show up or if they show up, they might leave. And then you've got nobody. (laughs) Very unpredictable because of that. And when I mentioned to them that the public needs to know about this, they said that's probably a good idea. (laughs) I don't know if the public does know about that because we were horrified and everyone I've told about it is horrified and in disbelief. You can see the video at our main page at cjob.com under the Kluche blog, Should Jack Be Locked Up? We've been sharing this on our CJOB Facebook page, telling you the story. And there are two sides to this story. Like most stories, usually there are five or six sides. And asking you your opinion. Uh, Jack the dog, according to policy by the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority Palliative Care, has to be locked away. Uh, The owner is at home, suffering from stage four cancer, has a great connection to Jack. The private care firm that uh, the family has hired, no problem. They accommodate uh, for the dogs, but there is a flat-out policy. And you're texting us, and one texter is saying, the pet policy just as a no-smoking policy should be enforced for the health and safety of the workers. It is not an option for the worker. It is a WRHA policy that some workers work care uh, would like to ignore. This is Gail on 680 CJOB. What's your view? I work with the WRHA. I love my job. I love the clients. I'm very blessed in what I do. And this policy, I can understand it. You know, I I believe it should be based on a case-by-case basis. Animals are companions. They provide comfort and peace, acceptance, unconditional love. You pet your cat or dog, your blood pressure plummets. It drops to a good level, mind you, not bad, bad, but... I can understand when you are providing personal care, when there is the hands-on service, be it repositioning, be it, you know, personal care and stuff like that. I can understand confining because the animal may perceive it as your human is being threatened. But in other cases, when you're just sitting there, just being there on an on-call basis, let the animal be there. Is if there is so much, you, and I know. and that that's the common sense approach, isn't it? Why can't it we have more common sense when it comes to these types of policies? We're dealing with government that doesn't exist. Sometimes those two variables can't work within. We have a new health minister in Kelvin Gertson, a new premier in Brian Pallister. To me, you know, if they could send this down the line and say, you know what, you elected us for some common sense. Uh, it seems to me that if you empower people within their jobs to apply some of that common sense as opposed to here are the tablets you shall enforce, it seems to me that we could provide better health care to people. And for, for, for women like Gwen who are dying and want to die at home with their pet, you have that flexibility and boom, I think you have maybe somebody that could live a little bit longer. A little bit longer and with a lot more comfort and, and peace of mind. It just doesn't make sense. There's no there's no shades of gray. It's either black or white. And I, I know perhaps it would create more headache and more work for the coordinators, the RCs, the case coordinators, you know, more more paperwork, more what but it just you know, when when it comes to quality of life, that there's such a big difference, Richard, between living and existing. Those animals are members of your family. That would be like me saying, oh, we got company coming. Let's go lock up grandpa. 
you know, to to be extreme, like uh, you just you don't do that. They're 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 happy to see you. They're, um, most cases, when I see animals in homes I go to, they they see you. It's, you're part of the visit. You're part of you're sort of the extended family. Gail, thank you for calling. Thank you for doing what you do, and oh. and and you're so brave to to call us because there oh. are people within the system that would would fear that would fear you, calling us. You know what? I've been doing this now. It's going on 16 years. I love what I do. I'm entitled to my beliefs. I've I feel that, you know our, our families, whether they're four legged, two legged, no legged, they're you know they're all part of the family, and we should accept. I can like I said, I can see in cases where there is aggression, understandable completely. But if they're just a companion, they're happy sitting there, you know, the purring. I believe we all should have a purr therapist in the home, you know, but or, or a dog, whatever it is. But they're they're fantastic, and it just it just seems sad. I'm I'm sure we'll be hearing about this. We're having meetings this week, so we have our annual spring meetings. So I know we'll be catching some of this back. I'm positive, and you know what? I got broad shoulders. I can take it. Yeah, thank you so very much. Thank you, Richard. It's just good to voice my opinion. Much appreciated. Sherry, the daughter, is listening to this, and I, I do want to go back to her in a moment. But Julie Donaldson joins us now. Julie, you're with the folks that are providing the private care service in this case. Thanks so very much for joining us. And you have no problem with that flexibility as far as finding workers who like Jack, who like pets, correct? That is correct, Richard. Wow. Um, and that's the common sense approach. Well, we, uh, fortunately, since we are a private agency, we can be more flexible to make sure that we're providing the sports not only to the client, but to their family, which includes pets and animals. So um, I think it's just in the process of how we look at providing care. We are able to assess those needs and match them with caregivers um, who are able to provide support to all those needs. So it's not just dispatching people and saying, here's your schedule, you know, go to see this person at this time. It's letting them know what the needs are, what the situation is, so that they feel confident going to their uh, client and knowing that they can be there to help. Julie Donaldson with us from home. Um, It's home instead, personal care? Home instead senior care. Okay. Julie, thanks so very much. We really appreciate you getting in contact with us. Dave joins us on 680 CJOB. Dave, thanks for taking the time. What do you think should be done? Well, I think since the private care company is willing to do it, and some people may have paid a lot of extra money, like net taxpayers, um, maybe they deserve to get that. So maybe WHRA can just fund uh, if they're not willing to put their workers at risk and the other company is. They could just pay the bill for the people. We did sort of pay our taxes for that health care and should maybe get the service that we deem as uh, fit. Dave, thank you so very much. With Linda on 680 CJOB. Linda, what's your view on this? Richard, I lost my husband last June to brain cancer. He had a stroke. We ended up in the hospital to the 18th of June, brought him home, told no palliative care unless I boarded my cats or locked them out for four hours, did an hour of vacuuming before they came. So I told them to bite me, and I did it myself with the help of wonderful neighbors and friends. They told me if I had a bird, it would have to be out of the house. We had a Attila the Whoa, 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 whoa. A bird? It would have to be out of the house? Yeah, we don't have a bird, but I asked, and they said, yeah, if you have a bird in a cage, it would have to leave the house. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and Attila the Hun nurse come in, walk by my husband, sat at the kitchen table. Not once did this palliative care nurse look at my husband the four days he was home with me before I had to take him back. 
and he passed away on June 27th. He was home five days. His cats were his life. Linda, thank you so very much. This is Pete on 680 CJOB. Pete, thank you for joining us. What's your view? Uh, hi, Richard. Um, I'd just like to comment on this whole thing about uh, uh, the, the WHRA is finding it too dangerous for their employees. Uh, I worked construction for many years. I worked from, I just retired from Manitoba Hydro after about 27 years at Hydro. And we always asked our employees to do dangerous work, and it was always uh, up to the employee to decide if it was dangerous or not. If they felt it was too dangerous, you know, we would just ask someone else to do the job. There's, I, I, it's a very poor policy that the WHR ha, WHRA has concerning this. And the dogs are, they're like therapy dogs. Like they have, St. John's Ambulance has therapy dogs going, uh, you know, to hospitals, to uh, seniors' homes, to the airport. And there's, you know, you never hear of a problem with any of their dogs, really. No, you in don't. Those areas. And, and I think that the majority of you are saying, that there needs to be the flexibility in this policy. We will get reaction from the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority on whether or not there is flexibility in this case or others. We're told there is not, but there has to be a way. Sherry King is the daughter of Gwen King, and uh, Sherry, a lot of folks are outraged by this. They want to find a solution. First of all, your reaction to what you've heard um, there have been a lot of good points raised and um, a lot of w- things that I've thought myself have been raised about, especially the part about how it's not necessarily black and white. There are gray areas um, and how there needs to be some flexibility. And if a private agency can work on that flexibility and have communication with staff or even the gentleman that said about hydro, if you think it's too dangerous, you don't do it. It could be a simple solution, so I'm not sure why the government is being so intransigent on it to say there is no other way. How old is your mom now? My concern is for people that don't have family like my mom has to visit to help out, that don't have the financial resources to get it privately, or that don't have a neighbor like Sandy to help out. Um, what are they doing and how are they managing? I'm sure there's hundreds of people in that situation. How old is How old is your mom? She's 83. And she wants to die at home, doesn't she? Yeah. She doesn't want to go to a hospital or hospice. She likes her home. She's comfortable in her home, and we thought we could provide what she needs. And she wants to die with her pets and her dog, Jack. Yeah, that, that's her companions. They're, they're like her family when the rest of the family is absent. And they're two loving pets. Um, they bring her great comfort. Um, she talks to them, the company. They make her laugh. Um, yeah, it, it's part of the soul. So it's almost as if the medical model is taking over, looking at the medical and scientific and the harm areas of what could potentially go wrong if an animal were to bite someone. <laughs> but even a friend of mine who works in child protection says they do what's called a risk assessment before they go in a home to know if there's any history of an animal being aggressive or like the lady said, um, Gail, who works for the health authority, to say, you know, if they're in a position where they're going to be maneuvering a person that the dog would think the person's in danger or hurting and try to protect them. But this isn't the case. The, the workers that are there are sitting there talking to her, reading to her, watching TV with her, patting the dog. They're not doing anything that would be considered 
contentious in any way. Sherry, we're going to follow up with the health authority. We'll get them on tomorrow. And again, the signal has gone out to our new government here about the situation. And we'll see if there is flexibility in this. And maybe that policy needs to be changed. Richard Cloutier reports on 680 CJOB.